This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. You're listening to the Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. I'm Jim Cunningham. With me, Christian Lenfanti, Chief of Chamber <laughs> Music Pittsburgh, and Michelle De La Reza, co-founder of Attack Theater. Behind Ourself Concealed is our topic, which is coming in just a matter of days, an enticing evening of dance, live music, and hidden chambers of memory. There are new pieces, and jazz superstar Paquita de Rivera is involved. How do we uh, encapsulate this? Where do we begin? Uh, how did it come together, Chamber Music Pittsburgh and Attack Theater? Well, I will say that Chamber Music Pittsburgh and Attack Theater actually have kind of a, a nice long history of collaboration. We so do. I, I think the kernel of wanting to connect in an authentic way is always there. And there just happened to be this incredible project that I began researching um, last March. February, March, about a year ago, um, that was founded by Tasha Warren, who um, plays clarinet, and our longtime musical collaborator and cellist, Dave Egar. And the musical project was called Ourself Behind Ourself Concealed. And when I went out to Michigan State University to see then hear the premiere and meet the composers, I called Kristen. I was like, Kristen, We've got, this is it. We have to work together. I don't know what this will look like. It'll be a year from now, but but let's make this happen. Yeah, and it was just, it just seemed like an incredible opportunity. Michelle had done so much research into it, had gone to the premiere, had experienced these composers who had written these pieces specifically for the project. And when she came to me, it just seemed like the perfect collaboration of chamber music and dance. The dance component is a new component to the project. It, it didn't exist before, and Michelle had the vision to add the dance component, and it's going to be really exciting. Taking place at Attack Theater headquarters? That's right, and it's our, I think we can still say, new headquarters in Lawrenceville. Many um, audience members and folks know us from our wonderful 10 years with the Pittsburgh Opera, and during the pandemic, we moved right to the heart of bustling Lawrenceville. So we have a wonderful theatrical space that's also quite intimate. So you'll, I mean, chamber music, chamber dance, and kind of this chamber intimate atmosphere, I think will only increase its power. And where do I park? Ah, uh, the is question. Pittsburgh, you know? This is Pittsburgh. Where do I park? <laughs> there is, I mean, definitely leave time to park, but um, Lawrenceville certainly has lots of nooks and crannies to find some spots or take public transit. That's a good idea. Now, what what will actually happen? There will be dancers, there will be music, but what are we talking about as a theatrical experience here? So I'll describe the kind of what we're calling Act Two, maybe first. So there'll be two sections, and kind of the primary section is six different um, sections that will all kind of whisper and weave together. All of them will have. Um, physicality and original choreography. So the choreography is inspired by these six different um, musical compositions. Um, they are not kind of telling the same story as the composer, but what they are are being inspired by the process in which these works were composed. And the who you'll see, you'll see six dancers 
And who you'll see in here is you'll hear um, Dave Egar, who's a cellist. You'll hear Meg Okura, who's an amazing violinist. And um, Tasha Warren, who plays clarinet. And um, that's the primary group for this kind of act uh, two section. And chamber music, Pittsburgh has a tradition of trying different types of music. Jazz figures into our programs from time to time. Absolutely, chamber music, absolutely, Jim. As you know, my my stance on chamber music mm-hmm. is that chamber music is music played one on a part. That's really the only defining factor of chamber music. It's not defined by genre. It's not defined by where it's played or who is playing it. It's actually a very loose term. Mm -hmm. We tend to think of it as strictly classical music. That is really not the case. Um, Any music that is played one and apart, which of course this music will be. Um, In terms of jazz components, as you mentioned, Paquito de Rivera, who is just a legendary jazz artist, clarinetist, saxophone player, composer. Um, He will be with us. He'll be uh, performing, actually, on on Friday and Saturday nights of of these concerts. And Michelle mentioned Act Two, and the the really exciting kind of surprise part of of this program is Act One, which evolved during the course of planning this project in that Paquito not only agreed to be here with us and and perform and, of course, have his, his composition be heard that he had written for the original project, but he offered to write a specific, special piece just for us. And that will be performed uh, on the first half, on the Act One right. portion of the, of the concert. And we just couldn't be more excited and thrilled to have that honor be bestowed upon us to have a piece written for us by the one and only Piquito de Rivera. Who's appeared in Pittsburgh for uh, for Manchester Craftsman's Guild and other jazz concerts absolutely. in the past. Exactly, right? yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think one of the amazing things in the dialogue, so I met Piquito when you know I, I saw the premieres, of course, and when we were in dialogue about coming to Pittsburgh and he agreed, there was this wonderful conversation with um, Paquito and his wife, Brenda, who's also his manager. And basically, Paquito said, if I'm going to come and perform in, you know, this this unique project, it's a very different project for him. He said, I want to make something. And the next thing we saw was sheet music, you know, coming through. It's called Pieces for Pittsburgh. He had the email and he signed it, you know, Pac-Man, P-A-Q dash, you know, M-A-N. So it really, I think he has a very special connection, not only, of course, to Pittsburgh through his previous um, engagements, but also to these musicians, to Tasha and Dave and Meg, who he deeply respects and was inspired to compose for. So this kind of act one special opportunity is if audiences come only on Friday and Saturday night, the beginning of the concert will be about a 20-minute set with the artist that I just said. And I don't want to neglect to introduce Marco Cardenas, um, who will be playing um, keyboard for one of the pieces as well. This is a blast, the whole thing. But the title, Behind Ourself Concealed, this is a little heady, mm-hmm. a little woo-woo. Yeah, <laughs> makes you think mean? about it, huh? <laughs> what does it mean exactly? <laughs> well, it's in, the actual text of behind, Ourself Behind Ourself Concealed is actually from an Emily Dickinson poem. Ah. And so it's this notion of 
the hidden chambers and the poem talks about hidden chambers of memory and hidden chambers of the brain and potentially you know with all of the the challenges and the the horrible things that happen outside in the world what is actually the potential of our brain and what can happen inside and how much of that inside are we willing willing to let come outside and the pieces the musical compositions were all written during the pandemic so there really is a lot of um notions of of not only isolation but also very much it's grounded in identity and who are these diverse composers that are looking towards their um intersectionality to their identity to where they what musical narratives they want to tell and that really comes out in the music beautifully yeah I, and i think i think what michelle just said speaks to and actually what you just said jim about about jazz i find it really interesting in in hearing these pieces that i i, I can't say that i would pigeonhole any of them into a specific genre. Yeah, I agree. They're very um, genre bending in a sense that um, they're just extremely unique. And it, and it sort of begs the question as to whether these composers in, in writing on this topic really clearly challenged themselves in bringing out other aspects of themselves and not just in the case of Paquito, you know, right. it's not just a jazz work. It's very, very complex. I would call it much more, um, you know, modern contemporary music Absolutely. rather than uh, jazz or classical or any specific genre. They're, they're all extremely unique and really stand alone. And and how many dancers will perform? There will be six dancers. Is that your usual compliment? What is yeah, the average we have, I, size? I like to say it's a chamber dance kind of um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> company as well. So we have usually five dancers, and then we expand six, seven. Um, when we work with the opera, for example, oftentimes we'll go up to 10 or 14, depending on if it's an Aida or Samson and Delilah, et cetera. Um, but we really do like to work with a core of about five dancers. And I like to say when you dance for attack theater, everybody's a soloist like obviously we have you know a beautiful ensemble connection but it really is also about that beautiful individuality of each of the dancers and this project in particular I'm really excited for the audiences to see and and feel the individual individuality of each of the dancers like they will um, of each of the pieces of music. And will Michelle De La Reza and Peter Cope be among the dancers? So Michelle De La Reza is going to make an appearance in uh, <laughs> Meg's piece, actually. So um, I am going to enter um, and do part of the performance as well. And for those who have not been to your spot, your place, your new place, uh, you're up close, I'm guessing. Yes, and actually we're going to seat the audience on, all th on three sides um, so that you will, depending on where you sit, you have a slightly different perspective of the work. I think it's both a functional um, choice to get, you know, for folks to get enough um, seats in the house, but it's also a theatrical choice of looking at um, our lives, looking at our art, and depending on, again, identity, depending on where you come from, what is your lived experience prior to that moment, that will inform how you're perceiving what you see and hear. And where you sit is going to be a part of that game. 
stagecraft, costumes, lights? All of the above. Um, it will, in fact, Peter at the moment, he wishes, Jim, that he could be here chatting with you, but he has been building this plexiglass, or so kind of this see-through um, stage, um, small stage, for the musicians to stand on with these gorgeous uplights. So it's almost like they're floating. Not like the Super Bowl. We're, we're not, we, we didn't, <laughs> our budget's not that big. Um, but, um, so there will absolutely be some um, theatrical elements. And Kristen, the musicians that are involved, do you know everybody? That's playing? I don't know everyone, no. Actually, Dave and I, speaking of <laughs> knowing musicians, Dave and I um, met when we were children, <laughs> babies. Uh, we both attended the Juilliard Pre-College together, and um, he was an absolutely phenomenal young cellist back then. Um, and we only came back to, to meeting each other again here in Pittsburgh through through, um, of course, his collaboration and work with Attack Theater, and and it's always a thrill to work with him. But no, these, these other artists are actually new to me. And the two of you met at Juilliard many years ago, yes? That is true. Michelle and I met when we were both at school in at Juilliard. Michelle was a ballerina back then. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, you know, Juilliard is a very small school, but somehow... It seemed that the musicians, the actors, the dancers lived sort of separate lives. But yes. um, but I got to know Michelle because she happened to be dating a musician. <laughs> and he was uh -oh. a good friend of a mine. A percussionist. A timpanist. <laughs> <laughs> so she was sort of uh, brought into our world of music. Yeah. And I, I knew her very well back then. And it's just been so fantastic to continue to be able to collaborate with her through these years here at Chamber Music Pittsburgh, it's it's just great. And to see what Michelle and Peter are doing at Attack is just so impressive and thrilling. I, I went to one of their performances recently and got to experience this new space that they're in. And it it really is fantastic. It's it you really feel like you're part of the performance. It's you're so close, it's so intimate. And like Michelle said, depending on where you're sitting you know, you're practically on the stage um, in some of the seats if you if you are so inclined. But it's it's really a wonderful space and very welcoming. And it appears as part of the Pittsburgh Performs effort of Chamber Music. That's right. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's part of Pittsburgh Performs, um, and of course, Pittsburgh Performs features local artists, and of course, that is Attack Theater. Um, so we're we're just thrilled about that. Pittsburgh Performs. Um, is is the series for us that does not happen in our traditional concert hall, uh, which currently is the PNC Theater, our new home for the main stage. And um, it's really meant to bring chamber music to the community mm -hmm. um, without any restrictions or restraints or barriers. The Sunday performance of this uh, project is Pay What You Wish, which is our standard practice for Pittsburgh performs. So if anyone is feeling constrained in any way financially, they have the ability to pay nothing or whatever amount they feel comfortable with on that Sunday performance. So great. And the, both of your organizations are doing everything you can to break down 
barriers or the stereotypes that go with chamber music, which is a little off-putting. What is it exactly? Try pairing that with modern dance. <laughs> modern dance and attack theater. It sounds dangerous. <laughs> but you both are doing everything you can to bring in new audiences and break down the stereotypical barriers that people have to dance experiences or chamber music. Yeah, Jim, we, we often like to say that, you know, movement is an essential part of living and learning. And we look at dance and movement as, of course, a beautiful art form that we've dedicated our lives to. Um, and we also look at it as another form of communication. And to be able to, to do that, I think you have to work with other disciplines. You have to work with music. You have to work with, we do lots of visual arts and museums um, with um, theaters. I mean, tons of collaborations with quantum theater, of course, and with operas. And that's something that's extremely important to attack theater is to authentically engage in a variety of settings, a variety of art forms, and a variety of spaces. And you chose the name Attack because you are going no holds barred? What, what was, where did that come from? Oh, the, the story. So Attack Theater was actually originally the name of a project that was, um, we were very, very instrumental in the very first first night in Pittsburgh. We were on the programming team. And so Attack Theater was a project where we were attacking the landscape. We were bringing our work to, we were in the church, we were on the street corner, we were in the theater. And to be perfectly honest, for the next 10 years, we tried to change the name. <laughs> and there really wasn't anything that could encompass what we were trying to do as well as attack theater. In dance, also, attacking the movement is something that we aspire to, dancing with clarity and conviction and energy. And we thought, well, how about the whole organization does that as well? Like, let's build an, an organization that um, kind of expresses these values. Well, you mentioned your collaboration with Pittsburgh Opera, but you've worked with so many groups in town. Oh, Backstage goodness. at Heinz Hall, the Soldier's Tale yes. smashed violin is still up on the on the wall there. What what does it mean? Uh, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here, or something? I'm never 100% right. certain why that they kept that violin. That was with Pinkus Zuckerman. That was one of my favorite. I was the devil. I remember. I loved that production. It was Heinz Hall as part of the Mellon Classic Series, and Pinkus Zuckerman was the violinist, and it was a fully staged Lestrade Soldat. It was fabulous. And because your collaborator, your partner, Peter Cope, is not here, we can talk about him. Absolutely. What's, what's he doing for Behind Our Self-Concealed? You, you alluded to him in a couple yes. of different ways. Yeah, so he is, of course, a beautiful choreographer. So um, we are working collaboratively um, to create the choreography, and he really has this wonderful, wonderful way of, of choreographing both the details and the minutiae of the the steps, but also really seeing a much broader theatrical vision. He's, he's quite gifted that way. So that is, of course, his primary job is um, to create the evening. He also happens to be the person who built the entire dance floor that we will be dancing <laughs> on. He also is building the, the plexiglass stage and um, doing all of uh, the, the scenic elements of this as well. So he's pretty busy. And because it's Valentine's Day, I have to ask your co-artistic directors, partners, is there ever a romantic relationship between you and Peter? Actually, there is. Um, we uh, are married, and our romantic relationship spawned a child. Um, and he is 14 and actually is going to go on a date with us tonight to the Pittsburgh Public Theater. 
I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that guy I dated back at Juilliard, like, you know, I, I still say hi. But <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, it's wonderful to see you both. Anything that we have forgotten to mention about behind ourselves concealed, yes? I would love to say one thing that's really exciting about this performance is that there, the performance on Friday and Saturdays at 7.30 and the Sunday Pay What Moves You is at 2. But on Friday and Saturday, we are doing a pre-show reception. Um, and it's going to actually be downstairs as in the space. And it's an opportunity to meet the artist. It's an opportunity to hear a little bit more about kind of the process and how we, how we got here beyond mm-hmm. this fabulous podcast. So so I would highly encourage folks to sign up for the 645 pre-concert reception. And all of that information is on www.attacktheater.com. And Crystal Infante, anything you'd like to close with, with Chamber Music Pittsburgh's involvement here? Oh, it, it's just a thrill. You know, you mentioned L'Histoire. We had right. done L'Histoire with Attack Theater and also with Sean Jones several years ago. And any opportunity that we have to work with a tech theater, I am happy to jump on it. It's just, it's such a thrill. I have such respect for what they do, and it just adds such an amazing component for us. It's, it really is an extension of chamber music. Yeah. Even even the concept of attack. I think of, of these dancers in the space with the music as, as additional instruments, really. Yes. And in terms of attack, it's the same in music. You know, there's there's an attack to every note. When we're studying music, we often talk about the attack and how you approach the sound that you're making. It's exactly the yes. same thing. It's just it's just uh, chamber music with an added component that just makes it even better. It's going to be really thrilling. Crystal Infante, Michelle De La Reza, your organizations and your artistic leadership are treasures in the arts world in Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for what you do, and thanks for coming by to talk about Behind Ourselves Concealed. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art.